Um, it's an honor, and I'm going to get through this, not because I'm scared, but because I'm a woman, and that means I'm emotional on Mother's Day. Um, it made me cry to watch Pastor Nate watch that video. I knew the women would cry, but when the papas are crying, you know it's a good video. You know, it's been said about uh, my husband and I that he is the head and I am the heart. Um, he's just way too smart. You know, we all know you get up here, you get biblical teaching, you get the word of God, and you are fortunate to be under the teaching, I believe, and I have been for 38 years, um, the teaching of my husband. He knows the word of God. He studies the word of God. He's faithful to the word of God. And I am the heart. My kids have always said, Daddy's the head and you're the heart. And I believe in this church, our staff has said the same thing. You know, they'll say, Mama, you're the heart of this church. And so I'm going to probably bring you a message from the heart because you get lots of messages from the head. And uh, I, I uh, want you to know that even though um, I'm speaking today, I, I find myself under the authority of uh, my husband, both of this house and of our home. And yet I have a role as well in this church. And I want to bring to you what I believe God's laid on my heart today. How about that? You know, it's, uh, it's good. And I, I, I want to just, um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about honor today honor. And I'm going to get to my notes, but I'm just going to let the spirit flow. It's been so good today. Michelle, I love you. I love that you reached over and kissed Dan, knowing you have three little babies watching that video. And, and I love the heart of a mama. I love the heart of your husband that walks in here and just champions you because you're doing your thing for Jesus. And when you watch a husband and wife in unity or children, when they champion their mamas, Fathers, when they champion their kids, that's what God wants. That's the heart of the father. And I love watching that. I loved watching when the two of you sat there yesterday. And I don't know other than just held each other and cried. I don't know other than I love you. And I love that you love each other. Because that's the heart of the father when a mama loves her daughter. And when a daughter loves her mama. That's the heart of the father. And so I want to just hopefully bring that message to you today. But I want to start with a story that I heard about. I heard about a mama who took her little boy to the store. And as the mama was shopping throughout the store, the son was a little fidgety. So she said, honey, just go over to the toy department and look around. Mama will be there in a minute. So he made his way over to the toy department and he's looking around and he saw a big red fire truck and he wanted that fire truck so bad. Everything in him wanted that fire truck. And he looked at the sales clerk and he said, sir, how much is that fire truck? And the gentleman looked down and he said, well, son, it's $20, $20. He said, that's a lot of money. Yes, son, it's a lot of money. And then he remembered mom. So mom made her way to the toy department and she looked up a little son and she said, honey, are you having a good time? And he says, mom, I need $20. And she looked at him and she said, what do you think I'm made of money? And he said, isn't that what M-O-M stands for? <laughs> Come on now, that's good. I'm not a funny, now my daughter has gone on record to say that I'm not funny. If you were in the first service, it is the standing joke in our family that all the hots and pillars are funny and I'm not an original hots and pillar. And so, you know, get it, all my children are. Um, so we get around holidays and everyone tells jokes and I'll tell one and they'll look at me and they'll go, mom, you're so cute when you try to be funny. So I was, I was afraid, you know, I mean, I figure if Joel Olstein can start with a joke, you know, I should start with a joke, right? So mom, don't you sometimes think you just they think you're made of money, right? You're supposed to do everything. You're supposed to have everything and know everything. Well, I want to share with you today 
something that I researched and I didn't know anything about. I was curious about where Mother's Day started. Who had the idea? Anybody, have an, anybody researched this ever? How many Mother's Day church events or Mother's Day holidays you've, you've celebrated and you probably don't have a clue where Mother's Day originated. It actually originated with a woman named Anna Jarvis. And Anna had such a respect for her mother. Now listen, Anna was never a wife and she was never a mother. But she honored her mother. She watched her mother. And this actually was in 1908. And she had such an honor for her mother. And her mother was an activist. She was a social worker. And her mother would always say to her, Anna, someday there ought to be a day where people honor mothers. There should be a day where people just set aside the day just for mothers. So when her mother passed away at the memorial service, she gave everyone that came in a white carnation because that was her mother's favorite flower. And she said, someday I will do something to make it a national holiday for mothers to be honored. And actually on May 10th, um, May 9th, 1914, by an act of Congress, President Woodrow Wilson proclaimed the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day because this woman said mamas ought to be honored. So give it up for this woman. I mean, I thank you because one day out of the year, I don't have to cook. I don't have to do dishes. I don't have to do, I get one day. So thank you, Anna Jarvis. But you know what hit me the most about this is Mother's Day is not a about being a mother. It's about honoring your mother. Now listen, I mean this, we've been in ministry a long time and this is a hard day for a lot of women. There's a hard day for women who maybe have tried to have children and can't or don't. It's a hard day for mothers who have lost children. And so I want you to know this day isn't about you being a mother. This is about you honoring your mother. And we all have a mother. Whether she's here or not, we have a mother. I woke up this morning really early because our grandchildren are here, and they come bouncing in the room, and, and uh, gammy, gammy, and, and we got up, got them situated, and then I got alone, and I went, and I called my mama. This is where it gets emotional. Um, and I was just with my mom last week. My mom's not doing well. And um, my daughter and I knew we needed to go see her, that it was that time. She lives in St. Louis where we went to see her. And uh, so I began chatting with her this morning, and I just said, Mom, I just want to honor you. I am a product of my mother. I believe my daughter is a product of me and her grandmother. And I want you to know that your children are a product, if you have children, biological, spiritual. Many of us are mentors in, in people's lives. You don't have to physically give birth to a child to be a mother. I mean, they call me mama the house for a reason. I pour into the staff, these young staff. I'm their spiritual mama, and I'm responsible to reproduce in them what God's produced in me. And so as I'm talking to my mama this morning, um, she's failing. We don't know how much longer she's going to have. And I said, Mama, what are you going to do today? And she says, we're just going to stay around the house. We've had to move her bed downstairs. My sister cares for her. And then she said this, and this is what hit me. She said, I miss being a mama. And I wanted to say, well, you are a mama. We're all still here. And I knew exactly what she meant. She missed me as a little girl. She missed seeing her four little girls run around. She missed us getting in mischief and bringing home boys that she said we couldn't date and, you know, kissing behind the pews at church and getting called in by the preacher and all the stuff that we did as girls. There was something that made her miss that. And I literally got off the phone, prayed a blessing over my mama, and realized every moment is precious. 
And although my three children are grown and gone on their own, I miss that being a mama. And I want you to know that you don't have to miss that. You have an opportunity every day to be a mama in somebody's life. Fathers to be a father in somebody's life. Don't let it slip by. That video was off the charts. How many of us saw our little kitties like that? And I want you to know, don't ever give up a moment to be a mama, to be a voice, to be a solid rock in somebody's life. When I began to think about and pray, God, who do you want me to share about? And many of you know, if you're part of our women's movement here, that I teach a, a series called My story, and I teach on a lot of women in the Bible, but as I began praying, and I was actually going to teach on a, a particular woman, and God just kept stirring my spirit, stirring my spirit, and I really began to pray, pray, and I've never taught on Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I felt in my spirit, I want you to teach, Tim, I want you to study, because you can't tell anyone what you haven't experienced. You can't teach anyone what you haven't experienced. So I got down and I got in the word and I began to read over it and over it and over it. And I believe that I want to teach you what I believe that this Anna Jarvis understood. She knew how to honor her mama. I want you to understand Jesus knew how to honor his mama. Jesus honored his mother. Let me tell you what I mean by that. First of all, he understood the law of Moses. Now, we have the word of God. Many of us carry it around on our phones, and sometimes we forget how sacred and holy. I love my phone. I love my iPad. I'm going to be reading the scripture off my iPad today, and that doesn't minimize it, but sometimes we forget how holy that book is. That is God's breath. That is God's word. It tells us to read it. It tells us to meditate on it. We're supposed to memorize it because it's God's word. He spoke it, it's guidance to us, it's instruction to us, so don't ever cease from reading the word of God. And Jesus, although he was 100% man, he was all God. So he helped write this book before we ever had the book. He is the book. It's his word, it's his breath, it's his guidance, it's what he wants you to know. How do I make it through this day? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Amen? So he knew the word, so he knows that in Exodus when Moses... All right, his man said, honor your father and your mother so you may live long in the land the Lord your God gave you. Jesus knew he had to honor his mama. He was the son of God. He's God. And yet he understood honoring his mama. Let me tell you in the house today, it's something we're missing in our culture today. I love you kids. I'm going to mentor you kids, but honor your mama. God says, honor your mother and honor your father and your days will be long. It's a promise and it's a blessing from God. We got to teach our children to honor their mama and honor their daddy. Jesus understood it. I believe in Jesus's last words, and I'm going to take you to Calvary today. I want you to think about Jesus. He's 33 years old and he is on the cross and he has just a few words left. Literally, he ceased dying to speak these last words. Do you get that? He is literally in agony, ready to die. Look, when my daddy was breathing his last breath, I coached him. I'm daddy, daddy, you can do it. I was trying to get him out of his wheelchair. Come on, I'm a little coach. You know, it's kind of what's in me. I'm a little cheerleader. Come on, daddy. And Teresa, we've talked about this. Come on now. Come on, daddy, you can walk. And he looked at me and he says, baby, I'm just ready to go. You know, there's a point when we're just ready to go. I believe Jesus was ready to go. Don't you think he was ready to get back 
to seated next to his father on the throne. He was ready to go, yet he stopped dying to give us a few words. And I want to share with you those few words that I believe he gave us, his last words of instruction. One more time, humanity, get what I have to say to you before I go back to be with the father. These are my, my physical, verbal words to you. Here's what I believe in my spirit. I was praying, God, what, what are the three things you had to say? I believe he addressed family, society, and humanity. Jesus' last words to us on the cross, his last words before his last breath addressed family, society, and humanity. I believe he started with family. Jesus looked, now get this, he's on the cross Stay with me now. This is so, and as a mama, I get it. Mary had poured into his life for 30 years before his public ministry. We don't have any record except one, and I'll share with you, when he was 12 years old in the temple, but she poured into this boy. You say, how can anybody pour into God? He is Jesus 100% man. He had to walk it. He had to feel it. He had to experience it. The Bible tells us he was tested in every way, yet without sin. There is nothing, nada, nothing that you've ever felt or gone through, any feeling, any discouragement, any failure, anything you've ever experienced that he hasn't experienced too. If he wasn't 100% man, he can't say that he understands what we're going through. Everything, everything, everything you've gone through, he understood. He understood what it was like to have a mama because his mom at times told him no. His mama said, you can't do that. So he had to understand obedience, even obedience of a woman named Mary. So for 30 years, she poured into him. She spoke into him. She trained him. She loved him. Now, she wasn't just any woman. I believe God divinely chose this woman because she had a heart for God. I tell you what, when I'm in my prayer room, there's times where I go, God, I just, I want to be like Mary. You say, you should say you want to be like Jesus. Oh, I want to be like Jesus. But Mary was divinely chosen. The Bible tells us that when the Holy Spirit came to her and told her that she had conceived, it says she pondered these things in her heart. There are supernatural things for you to ponder. Listen to me. This is so good. You can't understand supernatural things physically. If you try in your mind to figure this out, you're going to be left wanting. If you don't, and when we come here on Sundays and we kind of get in a worship mode, okay, you with me? You got to step outside your physical thinking and step into the spirit realm. And that's what Mary understood. I believe Mary could ponder things spiritually because she had to separate herself from her physical understanding and move into the spirit realm. So for 30 years, Mary understood spiritual things. Jesus, the Godhead, helped her understand these spiritual things. So the Bible tells us in John 19, 26 and 27, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home. Here's Jesus on the cross. The Bible says there's three Marys at the cross. We know that there's all the Roman soldiers. We know there's everyone ridiculing him and beraging him and everything they're doing. There's three women. And then there's John, right, the disciple, the apostle that he dearly loved. Let me tell you why I believe Jesus honored his mama. He was responsible to know that someone was going to take care of her when he was gone. He ultimately said, John, your assignment now is to watch over my mama. Mama, here is your son. 
John, here is your mother. It is our responsibility to take care of our mamas. You know, we think our mamas are supposed to take care of us. Aren't you made of money? But I'm telling you what, there's something in me that started rising up when I studied this. And God said, are you taking care of your mama? Are you loving your mama? Are you praying for your mama? I believe Jesus taught us to love and respect our mama. Matter of fact, in Proverbs 6, 20 and 22, this is so good. I posted on Instagram and Facebook. You should tag me. The scripture says in Proverbs, do not forsake your mother's teaching. Now, everybody in the house, every son in the house, every daughter in the house, mama's saying, you listen, she's preaching to you right now, all right? She's speaking to you right now. Proverbs says, do not, do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them around your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. And when you are awake, they will be peace to you. Mamas, do you have that kind of wisdom stored up in you? Now, Mama, I'm speaking to you. Do you have that kind of wisdom stored into you that when your little girl is going to bed at night crying because she's been bullied, that you have the right wisdom to pull into her? Mama, do you have enough stored in that when she's out on a date with a boy she shouldn't be with, that your prayers are covering over her? Mama, have you been to the cross of Calvary and you've sown enough seed there for your baby girl and for your son, for your spouse and for your family, that when they rise up, there is a power around them, a protection. That's the job of a mama. I believe that as a firstborn son, Jesus understood his responsibility to care for his family, and he made preparations. Have you ever thought about that? That Jesus is, there were only seven last words, and one was, John, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. You're taken care of. He made preparations similar to what Jesus said to us when he said to his disciples, I am going to prepare a place for you. You can't come yet, but I will come back and get you and you will come with me. See, Jesus is always making preparation. Do you realize he's making preparation for you right now? Now, all of you sitting here right now and you've got the roast in the oven, or we used to do that on Sundays in the old day. You know, mama, mama making preparation for your food, right? Somebody's making preparation for you to go home. Somebody's taking care of you to have food. Do you know that Jesus says, I prepare a way for you? Jesus is always preparing a way for you. And he understood preparation. Jesus said, I will go to prepare a place for you. Now, there's a verse I want to share with you, and I think it's really extremely convicting, but it's one we don't preach about enough. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy 5.8, and this is a good Mother's Day verse, anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. See, we have so separated ourselves from responsibility we live in a culture where everybody's supposed to take care of themselves. And it's interesting because children are finding packs to run in. It's statistically telling us today that kids are leaving home and they're kind of running with packs because we're not finding this unified body in the family anymore. We're not finding that it's safe at home anymore. We feel abused or we feel neglected or we feel needy or we feel shamed or we feel hurt. And we don't have that bond at home anymore. Yet the Bible tells us right here that we are to provide for our family. Jesus knew that when he said, John, behold your mother. Jesus knew that when he says, Mama, John's going to take care of you. He could go in peace knowing that the woman that had sowed into him for 33 years was taken care of. You know, it's interesting because when Jesus was 12 years old, this was one time where his mama didn't know where he was. They had actually gone to Jerusalem. It was the time of the Passover, and they were making their way into Jerusalem. And it's interesting because they were traveling caravan. 
Now, you know, some of you Italians do that today. And you never know where your kids are anyway, right? Holla, holla. All right, we know that. A lot of you guys, you just kind of go in packs. And so that day later, Mary and Joseph realized Jesus wasn't around. And so they made their way back to Jerusalem. This is so good. The scripture tells us it was three days later and they found Jesus in the temple. Hmm. Isn't it interesting? It was three days, and they found Jesus in the temple. Mary goes up to Jesus, and she says, how can you do this to me? You've embarrassed me. How could you have left us alone? We made our way home, and you weren't here. And he looks at her, and he says, I must be about my father's business. Jesus knew the things of his father. And Mary then understood the divine relationship she had with her son. There's another story. I love this where Jesus honored his mom, and it's a story of Canaan. Now, you know, in Baptist, we never told this story because it was turning the water into wine. And, you know, Baptists don't know if that's really in the scripture, but really it is here. And it's the story of Canaan. And it's a great story because Jesus has made his way with his mother to a wedding. And there's all this wine, and they ran out of wine. Once again, true to the Italians. They ran out of wine. And they didn't know what to do. I'm saying that picking on my Italian friends over here. And they didn't know what to do. But Jesus knew what to do. Look, Jesus understood the power. And Mary understood the power of Jesus. Jesus had the power. Jesus had the power. Mary understood the power. She looks at Jesus and she said, Jesus, turn this water into wine. Do you know the Bible tells us that Jesus looked at her and says, it is not yet my time. He had not planned on that being his first miracle, but his mama asked it of him. The Bible says to her, it is yet not my time, and yet it was her first miracle turning the water into wine. There was a sense of honor. Let me ask you, do you honor your mama today? Do you honor your mama? Whether she's living or not, do you honor your mama? I believe he understood on that cross family, but I also understand, believe that he understood society. And I want to talk about these two on Mother's Day because I believe that Jesus was a product of what his mother told him. I believe she taught him about society. Now, would we not say that society's a little messed up today? Anybody agreeing? I mean, do you just look around and go, society is messed up today? I believe Jesus knew that as well. It tells us in Luke 23, 39 through 40, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah, he said? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him and said, don't you fear God? In my life, there are those who ridicule God and there are those who need God. And that's society today. That is society. You will have 50% of the people who ridicule and mock your relationship with God. And then you will have those who empower you in your relationship with God. You've got to decide which side you want to be on. I love that Jesus looked at the criminal. He cares for the criminal. Do you? Jesus cared for the criminal. And as I was praying, all of a sudden, I saw two thieves. And that's exactly what he said. Tammy, do you care for the criminal? My very best friend is struggling with a son in jail right now. And my heart breaks every day for that mama. And God gave me a heart. He, he is a criminal. He is in jail. And I have a heart for that little boy right now. Because Jesus understood what it meant to care for the criminal. He goes on, he says, the first thief spoke with ridicule and arrogance. Society speaks with ridicule and arrogance against the things of God. It is a sad indictment upon our society when we can get crazy at a sporting event. 
but we are called radical crazies when we praise Jesus. That is an indictment on our society. And there's a criminal that is hurling really anger and insults and arrogance, arrogance in the face of God. Are you hurling arrogance in the face of God? Or are you are the second criminal who saw something in Jesus that the others did not see? In the midst of agony, he saw serenity. In the midst of agony, he saw destiny. I believe as a criminal, and hey, aren't we all? The Bible says, all ye like sheep have gone astray. When you think you're bigger than the criminal, when you think you're better than the criminal, you are arrogant. Are you with me? Am I speaking to the church today, guys? If we had the heart of Christ, if we had the heart of love, there would not be a seat in the church. People would want what we have because it's the God, God's spirit that's in this place. And as I sat there in my own throne room, in my own prayer room, and I saw both crosses, I thought, who would I have been? Am I always out there going, Jesus, help me. If you're the son of God, if you're God, why don't you do this for me? Save me, save me, save me, said that criminal. And the other one said, you are the son of God. Remember me today in paradise. See, Jesus understood society. Hey, he's not surprised by society today. You might be. You might be going, what the heck? Some of, some of us are, that are older and some of you older than me, don't you look at society and saying, what's going on in our world today? What happened to Sundays when we go home and have Sunday dinners and watch some football and play some games? What happened to family? What happened to society? What happened to humanity? Jesus isn't surprised. Jesus gave us the recipe. He says, when you love me like I love you, the world will see that we're one. When you love me like I love you, the world will see we are one. You see, one criminal cried out for himself. The other criminal cried out for God. He spoke to family. He spoke to society. And then he spoke to humanity. Jesus said in Luke 23, 34, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. A thousand times a day, Jesus intercedes for me and says, oh God, please forgive her. She doesn't know what she's doing right now. She's forgotten her first love. She really loves us, Father. But right now she's gotten a little tempted over here. She's gotten a little swayed over here. She's gotten a little arrogant, a little proud. Father, forgive her. Forgive her, Father, for she really doesn't know what she does. And there is a covering over forgiveness. Look, guys, I love you and I pray for you, but when I'm, I, when I'm on holy ground with God, it's all about me getting right with God. I got so much work to do. And I get in there and I just say, Father, forgive me, because I get so caught up in me. And all of a sudden, he starts to cleanse me. He starts to purify me. He starts to love on me. And I start to see myself as the criminal who says, remember me in your paradise. You see, in the sea of humanity, Jesus saw their need. Can you just in a moment visualize with me? And I loved how, how actually Michelle just said it. God gave us imagination. You, let me tell you what, you think you're all that in a slice of cheese. 
but every bit of creativity you have comes from the Father. And he loves it when you're creative. You are most like God when you are creative. Oh, my little Natalie, I love you. I love you so much, and you are so creative, and you've spent hours up here. All of this stuff in this church, all the boards, all the, because I know you love Jesus, and you don't know, we left exhausted last night, and she stayed up here putting flowers up so you could have a good Mother's Day, because she wanted you to walk in the house of God and feel special. She wanted you to have a touch from God today, and you are creative, and you love Jesus. You didn't do it for us. You love Jesus. But all that creative, all that creativity is from the Father, and there's so much more. There's so much more, Natalie. Yeah. And Mama Jill, Mama Jill, you love this house, and you're going to walk out of here, and you're going to think that you are at the Ritz-Carlton, because that's who she's worked for for years. All right? And when you come in this house, you, may, you, may, you need to know there are people that put hours in this house so you can come in and have a good experience, a God experience. You have so freaking much. Can I say that word? That used to not be a good word. You have so much creativity. And I walked in prayer to do our prayer, and they're, they're up here worshiping, and she's dancing in the spirit, and she's putting donut holes, and she's putting stuff around. That creativity comes from the Father. Are you with me? Anybody in the house have any creativity? Anybody have a creative idea? Do you know that comes from the Father? Jamie's sitting back there because you had an adversity. The cutest little guy up here in our video, you know, the little one with the blonde hair, and he was so cute, and he thought. That mama struggled when he was born because he had some difficulties that are gone because they're healed in Jesus' name. Amen, Jamie? Jamie started a nonprofit organization because of her little baby's adversity, because she had creativity in her heart because of an adversity. See, sometimes creativity comes from an adversity. Don't you be all mad up at God right now because you got an adversity? Oh, I think I'm, Phil said, don't tell people you're preaching. All right. We don't call that that. I'm speaking. All right. So I got to make sure I'm speaking. That's kind of funny. All right. All right. So you get this creative idea in you and you think you're all that. And God goes, she gets it. She sees what I see. She has what I have for her. She's unleashed it. She's let it go. He saw the sea of humanity. Can you? So that started me by saying this. Can you just get a visual picture in your mind? If you can't, you ain't going nowhere. No, you listening to me. If you can't see what God has for you, you're not going anywhere. You can see what you have for you. And let me tell you at the end of the road what it says, dead end. Are you with me? Because if I don't see what he sees for me, my path is not clear. So God has something for you. He has creativity in you, dreams and visions and passions and songs, songs for you too, that you're going to be singing, that the nations are going to hear because you're creative. You're created in his image. That's what he said on the cross. When he looked at humanity and the sea of humanity, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Pull them back. Pull them back. He's got plans for you in the sea of humanity. Jesus saw their need over the cross. This is so good. And boy, don't you forget it over the cross hung the announcement king of the Jews. It was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek because he was the king of the universe. He was here for humanity. He wasn't just here for the good old U.S. of A. 
Okay, now I'm going to really get to preaching here. He is the king of the universe. Yesterday when I was in here and we were having our time, four beautiful Muslim women came in our church. They put prayers in that wall because Jesus is the king of humanity. Jesus is the king of humanity. Until our heart breaks like his heart breaks, we are not a white church. We are not an American church. This is Jesus' church. I believe he wants to do something and break out with his people. He is the God of humanity. Decreeing that Jesus was indeed the savior of the world, the king of humanity, Jesus did not discriminate against nationalities. He never discriminated against nationalities. I sat up here yesterday interviewing Asia Brown from Compton, a beautiful African-American woman that I just wanted to rub shoulders with her because she's making a difference in Compton because she cares. She's filled with the spirit of God. When we realize we, God looks down, he just sees his people. He just sees his children. He is the God of humanity. His plan was always, always, always to seek and to save the lost. No matter what color they are, no matter how far they've gone, no matter what kind of criminal they are, mama on Mother's Day, he loves you, he loves your children, he loves family, he loves society, and he loves humanity. And my heart breaks, I'm so sorry. I love this church, but my greatest goal is this church would be so different than other churches. That people would come and they'd feel the love of the Father. That broken mama's hearts would be healed. That cancer would be healed. That barriers would break down. I have Muslim neighbors. I have Buddhist neighbors. I have atheist neighbors. And Jesus loves them. When can we understand that? I think the greatest myths. Mother's Day message I can give is I think I want the heart of a father. As a mother, I want the heart of a father. And my prayer to you and for you and for this church is we would see that his last words on the cross were for humanity, society, and family. God's got something he wants to say to you today. God's got something he wants to say. In closing, I want to ask you just three things. Do you honor your mother? Do you help those in need? And do you forgive those who have hurt you? I may never get to preach on Mother's Day again. Oh, speak. I mean, speak. <laughs> I want you to know the heart that we have for this church. And I believe it's the heart that the Father has for his children. When we come together as the church and we affirm and encourage, I love you. You know that? And I'm proud of these two. We couldn't have better lead pastors. I want you to give it up for this couple. What does God want to do in you? Because this wasn't about coming to church today. Okay? Some of you kids say, I get this out of my, once a year I do this. This is Mother's Day, you know. Mom has asked for kids to come to church on Sunday. Daddy's asked their kids to go to sporting events. And that wasn't a joke. Because it's sad, because it's true. I looked at a mom over here, six kids. You know what she said to me? They're all here. That's the heart of a mama. That's the heart of a mama. But mama. But mama, Proverbs 6.20 is for you. 
because they can only do what you sow into them. I'm going to ask you to stand with me and bow your heads. And, and I, I, I didn't mean to get so emotional. I just get praying so much in my prayer room and I get to feel and I believe what God has in his heart. And um, as these guys play, I'm just going to ask you right now, what does the Father want to say? I want you to get a visual picture of him on the cross. And his last words in agony, in pain, in sorrow, in suffering, he had completed his assignment. Stay with me. Somebody's supposed to hear this in this house. Don't leave. Stay with me. Jesus could say it is finished because he completed his assignment. My mama can say it is finished because she's completed her assignment. She has raised four young girls, women, who love Jesus. My mama's assignment's over. If, if God's ready to call her, I'm at peace. Mama, have you finished your assignment? Papa, are you interceding for Mama? My husband prays over me every day. Just lays his hand on my shoulder and prays over me every day. Honor your father and your mother that your days would be long. Young man, young woman, boy and girl, are you honoring your mother and father or disrespecting them, lying to them, hiding from them? God knows. Today is about you getting right with Jesus. No judgment on Jesus' part. He sees two criminals. Both have the same option to come into his paradise. One looks at him with arrogance. And the other looks at him with need. What do you need Jesus to do today? Hey, we're going to all go out and have fun in a minute. The rest of your life, you can have fun. This is your Jesus moment. Don't cut it short. Get in that spiritual place with him right now. He can take you there. Precious Father, I don't know what you want to do, but this is your service. So would you just do whatever you need to do with your children right now? There's men and women in here. There's mamas with broken hearts because their kids aren't speaking to them. There's husbands and wives that came in with pressure in their relationship. There's people who can't meet their financial bills. God, we're your kids. You call us humanity. You love us and know us better than we know ourselves. Would you just speak to us now as Michelle leads us in this last song before we go out? Would mothers be blessed and honored? And would we honor our mothers today on Mother's Day in Jesus' name?